Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelley Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. My name is Shelly Tyson. I'm your host. And today I'm so excited to introduce an old friend of mine. We grew up together and we have kind of reconnected over a topic that I know is going to be so valuable to so many of you. And I'm excited to introduce Suzanne Banker to you. Suzanne is a devoted wife, mom of four, three girls and one boy. So we have that in common. She is also a dual business owner of the bar studio in Franklin, Tennessee and free flow yoga studio. She has her hands in a lot of pies and does it in an incredible way. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for being on. I'm so excited to introduce you to all of our audience. Thanks, Shelly. I'm just so glad to be here. Have honest conversation. I love what you're doing. I think it's so needed. And yeah, I just what you said been brick and mortar owner for almost seven years now. It's been quite the, (laughs) quite the learning process for kids. I've got a couple in high school all the way down to elementary. So it's just, it's crazy. Dave and I've been married 17 years and originally from Georgia, that's where we met, but we've been here in Tennessee for almost 12 years now, which is crazy. And we we love it. It's home. So that's crazy that it's been that long. I mean, I remember your wedding. I remember when you moved. (laughs) And now I feel super old because I'm like, wait, how old are we actually? Oh, I know. I know. Kids that were babies are now like graduating high school. And I'm like, wait, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. It's crazy. Amazing. So you've been a business owner for seven years. Now, when you guys moved to Tennessee, did you know that business ownership was on the horizon for you? Like, how did, how did that all come about? Yeah. I feel like, you know, I always had some little side hustle, some little gig, even as a kid, I was like doing stuff. Always, always loved that. And when we moved here, I had tiny little babies. We were just trying to get our business off the ground. We left Georgia. We were in a lawsuit with my husband's company. We were broke as church mice, couldn't rub two pennies together. So when we came here, it was really just like, we're going to turn our lives around. We're going to change the trajectory. And so I had four little babies and, you know, stayed home with them. And David was just pounding the pavement, trying to get his business off the ground. So that really wasn't my job. And as much as I love my kids and I loved them being little, there was something inside of me that was like, I just knew this part of who I am felt shelved. And, you know, that's okay for a season because we have seasons, right? But I was just constantly like, Lord, I just, I, I need something. I need that part of me to come alive. That's not mom. It's not wife. I love people and I love connections. And so I was just always kind of keeping my eyes and ears peeled for what that might be. And just ended up total crazy random situation ended up being like a fill in on some postnatal workout video. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. I just, it did. And the girl that was filming said, Hey, you should teach. And I said, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to like teach fitness. I love, I love movement. I love women. It would just be fun. And so she connected me and I got the journey going to certified and I got multiple trainings and I would, I would get up and nurse at 3am in the morning leave my house by four 30 drive to Nashville. And I would teach a five 30 and a six 15 back to back 
come home and be home by 7.30 when David would go to work. I did that three times a week. Like, wow. I don't know how I can do it now. I'm too old for that. But I know, I'm like, was, you look back and you're like, how did I do that? Yeah, I think it was desperation. You know, in that season, yeah. you're just desperate. But it was really sweet because it was a small little studio in an old house. And there were girls that right across the street from Belmont University. And they were coming over in classes before they would go to school. And I just, I just, I don't know, I fell in love with them. And it was getting to talk to adults instead of toddlers. And it just gave me so much life. And so my husband's like, you know, you're not making any money for the gas that you're spending. And I was like, I don't even care. It's just, it's just an outlet. So that got me on the journey and then literally started subbing for a girl in a different part of town. And God one day just put it on my heart. He's like, what if you opened a studio, like right down the street from you, you didn't have to drive far. What if it was close to home and it didn't take time away from your family and in the commute. And I was just like, that'll never happen. And one day he was just like, go call her, go call that studio owner right now. And I was like, not now. I mean, I was, I had babies just crawling underfoot and I was washing dishes and I just did. I just called her and I just said, Hey, I don't even know what this looks like. I just put this on my heart. And she said, do you, do you want to take over the studio? And I was like, I didn't know you were leaving. I was just going to get your advice and start to put the pieces together. And she's like, no, we're, we're actually selling and we're looking for a new owner. So that really was totally God. So that kind of got the trajectory going and it was not smooth sailing from there. It took about a year to signed lease. We again, still had no money. And I just went to these business owners and I was wiping the baby spit up off my jeans. And I was like, you got to trust me. I'm going to make it happen. And the deal died three times. They kept being like, this little homeschool mom does not know. She has no credentials and she doesn't know what she's doing. And I just kept asking God, okay, am I supposed to let it go or do I keep pursuing this? And he just just told me, keep going. So we finally got a signed lease and it was just like in shock. And then the real work began, you know? So that's kind of how I got into it. And it was a, I will say it was one of the toughest seasons of our lives. Our kids were little, we were having a lot. We were really hitting some hard stuff in our marriage. And, you know, it was just really something that God brought at a time when he was like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to, I'm going to use this and I'm going to use it in your marriage. I'm going to use it with your kids and in me, like just so much growth, so much that had to be worked through. So it kind of wow. was a journey to heal. Yeah. And so, it, it, there are moments like in that year where like if the deal fell through three times, I'm sure there were lots of moments where you were wondering, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, do I need to keep doing this? Because it seems the door is closing. So what, was there anything that you can think back on that kept you moving forward? Or was it just literally like, just feeling like in your gut that God was saying, just keep, keep pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like God often, we're always looking for that magical, you know, how do you know the will of God? And how do you know what you're supposed to do? And I keep going back to how he created us, just passion, just what he has burned in us, that thing that you can't quit thinking about. And that has to partner with total surrender. And I just felt like every time it would die, I would just ball my eyes out, go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, Lord, is this a shut door to go a different direction? Do you want me to be persistent? Because I'm really, I'm really like, I'm going to, I'm going to pound it until I'm blue in the face. And that's not always right. Like sometimes that door's supposed to shut. So I just kept going back and just literally being like, okay, literally hands wide open, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And almost every single time there would be either almost sometimes just a real supernatural sign. Someone would call me out of the blue and just say, God told me to tell you this. Or sometimes it was just something like 
added affirmation in a small way that only I would know. And, and I just felt like the Lord through his word and through his people and through his spirit, just saying go. And I was like, okay, you know, so yeah, it, it finally happened. And it was an instant crazy success. When I, when I wanted to start the business, I told David, I said, I just truthfully want to start a ministry. I didn't know the women in my community. I, I, you know, we go to church and I was like, besides church and homeschool, how do I connect with people in my community? Where really is that cross point? I just don't want to stay in these little bubbles and, and live my life there. I, I want to know the women that are neighbors and alongside me at the grocery store. And I knew a lot of people at the time were really burnt out on church and, and had been hurt and by people that claimed to know Jesus. And I just was like, how can we be an underground church where people can come that maybe aren't sure what they believe or have walked away or are struggling or hurt or lost. And maybe they'll come work out with you and share part of their story with you. Um, but they wouldn't set foot in church or they wouldn't want to be associated with that. So that was my heart from the start. And I honestly wasn't even, I didn't even think it would get to a business. I didn't even think it'd become a business. I just told David, I was like, I promise I can pay my bills. I will pay the bills. <laughs> That's all I know. And I just wasn't prepared for like, the business. I was like, what really blown over by that. So that was like a pleasant surprise, but also like I had to buckle up because I had a lot to learn. Did you find that at the intersection of business and ministry that the two actually could work together in tandem? Was that a little bit difficult to kind of navigate from, I don't know, from just a perspective of understanding that the two can be the same thing, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky because I think in the beginning you feel really bad about money stuff. And I think that was one of my big things to overcome is in the beginning, I was like, you can come for free and you can come for free. And then it was one of those things that's like, but your time and your effort, and they don't see all the behind the scenes, like what it takes is just, you know, and the amount of work and effort. So just to be totally honest, within the first few months, I was drowning. Like I, I thought I was losing my mind and I would be working all the time up teaching early, early classes and then home with my babies and then running back up. And then, oh my gosh, you know, there's a crisis, the internet's down and, you know, and just constantly something. And then I remember David just looked at me cause he was being like super awesome about the whole thing, really supportive. And finally he's like, this is not working. <laughs> this is not working. And I was like, I know, but I don't know what to do. And again, God brought someone and just was like, connect with her. And she ended up becoming you know, social media manager, client care, all of that. And I think the biggest thing I learned in that first little bit is what can you automate and what can you delegate? Because if you don't have systems, I know you, this is you, but if you don't have systems and if you don't have things that are like there, you know, get that system in place. It's a little work on the front end, but it'll save you so much. And then what can you delegate? I mean, there's things that only I could do. I can only be mama to my kids. I can only be the person that really makes those connections with the clients in the way that I do, but there's so much, somebody else can clean the bathroom. Somebody else can, you know, post to social media, whatever, like in the beginning, when the funds were available, I was like, I cannot be, you know, have a scarcity mindset here. I have to use this to invest back in the business. So that was a pretty quick reality check for me. I can't surprisingly, I can't do it all. So it's just like, wait, no yes. <laughs> isn't that so like God though, to like open the door for something that's going to require complete surrender, complete reliance. And Oh, remind you that you're still a human being who cannot do everything, but what freedom in that? Because I'm sure that you found such joy and being able to let those other people run in their zone of genius. And they probably did honestly, no offense to you, a better okay. job than you would have done. You know what I'm oh, saying? Gosh. I mean, 
I'm like a technology grandma and here she comes. She's this millennial just like bang, bang. And I was just like, okay, I'll stay here and chat to people and I'll jump around and do all the, the workout classes. But yeah, it was just, it was amazing for me to release control of that. A lot of it is we want to be up in there, but man, I really had to just, I learned a lot. So as you got started, did you quickly start thinking about like, how can I duplicate this into something else? Like when did free flow come into that? Because yeah. I mean, I'm hearing like a lot of overwhelm and just trying to get your feet, you know, on a solid footing, but now you own two businesses. So at what point did that happen? (laughs) When did you Um, think you had it all together, Suzanne? And you were like, we can do another business. (laughs) Basically. Yes. Yes. And that's its own story. Yeah. So everything was going so great. And I'm like, if it's great, it's scalable. And again, lots of little ideas and things. And I'm, I'm just, I'm a visionary and I always am an idea factory and I just feel like things would come to me and I'd have ideas. And I was like, man, so kept things, either people, conversations I'd have, business events I would attend and things. I was like, okay, yoga is on the rise. People need it physically, mentally, so many things. And also being a believer in that industry, like that needs to happen too, because there's a lot there. So that just kind of kept circling back around. And so I was like, hey, what if we create a brand where yoga is for everybody? Because it's super intimidating. I feel like most of the time and you go into a studio and it's Buddhas and waterfalls always. And I was like, what if you want to do the practice of yoga, but you don't want that? And how do we, like, you know what I'm saying? Home have conceptions about it so much, but it's so good for you. And anyway, so I was like, what if we created a studio that was a fusion studio where we could really pull in this generation that I mean, at the time yoga was on the rise 40% more than any other fitness modality. And I was like, okay, how can we pull these people in that want to do yoga, but don't necessarily want that aspect of it this, as much of the spiritual aspect, but want the health benefits of all this. So just trying to kind of piece it together and figure out what that would look like and kind of like make yoga relevant, I guess, to this next generation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that was kind of the premise of it and just kind of kept having all these affirmations. So I was like, let's, let's do this. Let's just create a fusion studio because I feel like I know what that market would be. So I wanted to, I wanted to pair strength and cardio with yoga and kind of have a well-rounded experience. So I started working with a girl that does branding here and we created this thing and I was like, look, we will set it up. And if it goes well, we will, we will set it up so that we can franchise. Cause I was like, why not? I feel like I'm always just you know, try it, throw it at the wall. And if it sticks, great. So we, we started creating this thing and we created, you know, the way it looks, the way it feels, all that it encompasses so that we could scale it. If it, if it was going to grow and we started building it out, it was bigger and better. And everything I love is it was just winning. And then COVID just there, there it was. And so we were set to open right during the shutdown. Wow. And of course, shipping delays, everything got delayed. Everything got pushed out. And my lease commenced in the middle of it. And the landlords are like, too bad, so sad, you know? So I was like, okay, well, you know, this is not going to last very long. We'll just get through this hurdle. And, but it has been the toughest year of business that I've ever been in. And so it's like, I feel like you have the real big highs and you have the real big lows. I really feel like I didn't even dip my toe into it until this last year. Um, It has stretched me beyond what I could ever explain And it's been a really big learning curve and it's been very humbling. And I think that that is good. You know, I think it's just, it's so easy to just start thinking, you know, we got it together. We know how to do things. This, this confidence, 
that we're really untouchable and we can just, and everything's going to win. Right. And in entrepreneurship, truth of the matter is it's like you win one, you lose one, you win one, you lose one. And that's just the way this goes. And so I think it was my first, like pop the balloon (laughs) for Suzanne Banker to just go, Oh, you know, that's okay. And you know, failure is not the worst thing. It's, It's really not failure is, is growth. Failure is the schoolhouse of, of knowledge and wisdom and experience. And I just think that the lessons I've learned, although would never wish it on anybody, they have really taught me so much and pushed me to my breaking point and also helped me to do deep inner work that I needed to do. So it's not always financial gain. Sometimes gain is spiritual. It's relational. We were never promised succeeding, thriving American dream businesses. Like that was never God's promise to us. And sometimes bigger is not better. You know, yeah. and I think yeah. that a lot of times bigger is not better. And I think everything you see on social media, I was just talking with my studio manager about this. Everything you see on social media is like, okay, you know, like you got to grind it out. You got to have big dreams. You're going to have these 10 things to do. And you got to pump it and push it and make it. And, and I just think that there, that's like 5% of life is the dreaming and the scheming and the building. And the other 95 is just being faithful. It's just, yeah. it's just going in and going, you know, one more day of this, I'm going to love on that person and I'm going to clean that toilet and I'm going to do that thing. And I just think that's not really glamorous and that's not what you're going to see on social media and ways to build your business. And if you talk to anybody that's made it anywhere, big or small in business, they've had those dips and they've had those flopped ideas or just even things that were outside of their control. So I think I, you know, I've, I've been in a season that I've had to work through, you know, business, not being your identity, failure, not being the worst thing that can happen and also understanding you can do all the right things. And then there are still things outside of your control. Right. Totally. totally. COVID if COVID taught us anything, right. It was yeah. not. And as you're talking, I'm hearing you say things like if there hadn't been COVID, the lessons that you learned would not have been learned. And maybe who knows what God has for you coming in the next season that you need, you need those lessons that. And as you were talking, I was reminded of a story that I heard last week about the CEOs and the top echelon um, leaders in Nordstrom are all required to serve a stint as janitors in the department stores because it's so easy when you get to that level to forget all the moving pieces that it takes to make something actually work. And so sometimes in the roller coaster, we may be up at the top and we need to actually come back to the bottom to be reminded or go through a season where maybe we even don't have the freedom to delegate. Like we were talking about earlier, the reality is sometimes as an entrepreneur, you don't have that freedom as much as you need. And so walking through all of those is so important so that when you are on those mountaintop experiences, there's a humility that comes with that, Right. And so, so, so valuable. So as you're moving through the season of COVID, you're getting your second studio off the ground. What are you excited about in this coming season as COVID seems to have been stabilized to some degree? Are there things that you're looking forward to in the next season that get you excited about what's to come? You know, I think there are seasons that you really do have to fight for joy and you have to look for that. And I will say the one thing that really, really keeps me going, even like on the hardest days, I mean, whether it's something legal or something you're dealing with financially or whatever in your business, there's all that stuff going on. And then for me, when I walk through here and I hear the chatter and the hype and the people and the pit bull going and all the fun stuff, 
I feel like I love what I do. Like I really genuinely love what I do. And I feel like that's what everyone hope. That's what everyone wishes for. Right. And I mean, all the books are like, you know, love what you do and you'll never work in your life, which is not true, but you do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Who says that? But there is something soul satisfying that goes like, man, what I actually do. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of junk work and stuff I don't want to deal with, but I genuinely love this and I could do it till I die and just be so happy in this field. And so I think for me, the thing that gets me the most excited truly is community. It really is connections. It really is, you know, hearing the stories of people that we have women that have walked through cancer and divorce and loss of a child and job. I mean, just really hard things. And, you know, just yesterday, a girl was like, yeah, my son went through cancer at age 20 and this place was my, this was my sanity. It was the one safe place I could go and be encouraged, not just like get a good physical workout in, but then just be spiritually refreshed at the end. And there's something so spiritual about physical movement. And I mean, we've all had that when we like work out so hard and then we cry. It's sometimes you don't even know what your feelings are. I was listening to this podcast and she was saying, especially for personality types like mine, but I think there's a lot of people that can relate to this. It's not like your feelings are like a Cobb salad where you have the tomatoes and the eggs and, the, and everything's nice and neat. You're often just like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling it. And a good cry sounds good, but I almost have to hack my tears because I don't know how to get to them. And I just feel like that that's what fitness does sometimes is it, it like chops up the salad and the, there you are. And at the end, you know, that worship music playing over you, someone speaking truth over you. And you're just reminded that you're a human being, not a human doing, and you can just breathe for a second and be okay. And I just think for me that, that I've experienced here. And then I think lots of other people have too, that gets me excited. And it's just, when I want to quit, that's what keeps me going, I guess, basically. So I don't know. I have no clue. I, it's like one of the first times in my life, I don't really have a five-year plan or a roadmap to <laughs> where this is going. But I just know God's using it. And I know that I know the gifts of this, even though right now aren't monetary, that I know he's building something and he's creating something. And for me, it's just been like an incredible community. And I know so many people that don't have support systems and don't have community. So that's like one of life's greatest gifts. I would trade, I would trade, you know, six figure income all over the place to have people in my life that really walk alongside me and alongside others and want to help, you know, point others to this in the heart. So I don't know. It gets me excited to think how God's using, you know, when you go through trial, you're always like, God's going to use this in my story somehow. I might not see it now, but I, I always know that, you know? Yeah. And seeing that in the people, I'm reminded that like, that's ultimately what building a legacy for other people is, is it's leaving something in people. It's not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. And that's what this is doing is giving them the gift of life beyond, you know, what you see, you know, the here and now when you can really fill people up. Yeah. What an incredible, incredible gift that I feel like there's been so much. I hope you're going to write a book one day. Oh yeah. How can our audience get in touch with you? Like if they, they want to learn more, if they're maybe in the Tennessee area and they want to come for a workout. I mean, I, this franchise idea is like, (laughs) I'm popping with that because I'm like, come to Georgia, sign me up for this workout because I I need this in my life. Yeah, it's (laughs) Um, it's fun. Is there a website? Are you on like, what is your Instagram handle? All that. Yes. So free flow yoga is our website, freeflowyoga.com. And then the bar at Berry Farms. Those are both of our websites. And then you can connect to our social media through there and everything. 
like I said, we're in Franklin, uh, Berry Farms area. It's just exploding. This it's cute. This whole this whole area is being built, patterned after Seaside, but more of a Tennessee version of it. So it's so pretty. I did not know that. Yeah, it's really really cute. It's a fun area. So. If you're, if you're ever in Franklin or you come for pilgrimage festival or you come to Nashville, we're not far from Nashville. So it's fun. Amazing. Well, thank you, Suzanne, for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom, the authentic part of your story also, which I think is missing sometimes in our entrepreneurial stories. It's so refreshing to hear that, to hear what God's doing, to hear his faithfulness to you, and then to look forward with anticipation for what's to come in both of your businesses. And I'm just imagining the ripple effect of all the people that you've impacted already. And I'm just so excited to see what's to come, but thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at cultivatelegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at cultivate underscore legacy.